Hello everyone and welcome back to Series 7 of the Public Eye Podcast, brought to you of course by Granite Exchange in Newry. I'm your host, Sarah Travers, and throughout the series, as always, I'll be speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how their companies have come to be, to gain insight into their growth, and find out how they continue to innovate. So, wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for all new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. Very excited today to be joined by the one and only Caroline O'Neill, founder of Dig for Success, Dig Deep for Kids, Dig Mama Blog, and co-founder of the Northern Ireland Social Media Awards. Caroline, you are very welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Sarah. I am delighted to be here. Delighted. And you're used to doing your own podcast too, but we'll we'll talk more about that in a minute. Just before we have our chat, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on Caroline and all of her businesses to date. So Caroline is first and foremost mum to Pierce, Dara and Tess, wife to Jared, and the mind and magic behind all things dig. Now before Caroline decided to take on the world of social media, she was actually the owner of Dig Children's Wear in Dungannon. During her 12 years in Dig Children's Wear, she founded Dig for Success, an organisation that helps businesses use social media to grow their brand and business. In 2019, she wanted to celebrate all things social, so herself and her fantastic business partner, Neve Taylor, CEO of Digital24, founded the Northern Ireland Social Media Awards. Caroline has a really well-known online platform. Many of you will tune in to Dig Mama, a place where she, well, documents her family and absolutely, it would seem, everything that entails from family life, holidays, home cooking and all the craziness that unfolds in the O'Neill's house on a daily basis. You'll know her kids as well. They feature regularly and are an absolute hoot. They've become, uh, I suppose, famous in their own right. It's also Caroline's way of fulfilling her passion for helping businesses to navigate their way through this. I suppose it's still a very new digital space that we are in now. And after many years of working alongside her customers to provide as many gifts as possible for the Cash for Kids campaign, Caroline decided to turn to social media and encourage as many of her followers as possible to contribute to the collection in order to make the lives of children in Northern Ireland that little bit brighter for Christmas. The campaign has been going and really snowballed into uh, something incredible. If you followed this on social media, you'll know that uh, Caroline was inundated with help and support. Really humbling, I'm sure, at times. And the combined power of generous local businesses, dedicated influencers, and really the overwhelming kindness of Caroline's followers. The campaign has raised, well... We'll find out if this is accurate. Almost £300,000 to date. Absolutely. Caroline, what an intro. Oh my God. I'm like, keep going, keep going. (laughs) I'm loving this. (laughs) No, but honestly, when you're saying that, uh, actually, there's wee bits we get emotional too because there's been been just such a journey, you know. I know. And the thing is, you don't often get to sit still. So I've got you trapped in, <laughs> in the public podcast uh, public eye podcast studio today and I want to just tap into a wee bit of the emotion around that and you know it's been quite a journey for you and and full on all of the time it uh, started I suppose let's find out a little bit about you know who who the child Caroline was where, where did you come from I know you're Tyrone through and through though <laughs> I am I am um 
Look, there's nothing revolutionary to tell. I had normal, happy life, childhood, thank God. And um, my mum stayed at home to rear us six children while my dad was entrepreneurial, I suppose, from, you know, he's uh, owned his own business all his life. And like my mum would always say, now, oh, you get that from your daddy? I'm like, no. I get that from you and Daddy because she would have been in the traditional mindset. Oh well, I just stayed at home and you know, and, and I, I'm like, no, now I have kids. I know that that's as big a job as any job you'll ever do. You know, more difficult. Exactly. It's so a thankless task. Yeah. So I watched them both through life. You know, par through and struggles up and down, but happy life and and you know, all was good. And went the traditional route of school and did my A levels. But I actually joked about this yesterday um, about the career advice in school and how I chose my career and it wasn't the way I would want my kids to choose their career it was there's a teacher coming right pick something out of the prospectus and I literally that's how I chose to do occupational therapy so that's what you did right um and now in saying that the care and nature was always there in me you know it wasn't I knew I was never going to be an accountant or a doctor or anything like or I mean you know from like what to do with biology and all of that but I the care inside was there, so I was drawn to that profession and loved my. I went to Jordanstown and studied there for four years. Became an occupational therapist, worked in Craigavon Hospital, loved my teammates and colleagues there and my patients. And um, but Sarah, always all my life, I was. I never really realised it. That people started to point it out, talking about what I could imagine if you did. Imagine if you did this and wouldn't it be deadly to do this? And so I was always talking in, on my lunch break in, in Craigavon Hospital about a bagel bar. Do not ask me. Uh, bagels were the thing in 2005 and six. It was taken off. And um, I remember talking about that. And then I studied. I actually worked in retail while I was studying to be an OT um, in Dungannon and while I was in my second year out in the world of work in Craigavon, the girls that actually owned the shop in Dungannon were deciding to close. And um, I knew, I don't know, something just clicked. I was like, I can do this. I can do this. So I remember going home to mummy and daddy, actually driving up from Craigavon Hospital, thinking about it, you know, the way your mind be going. And I went in and I said it to my mummy and she was devastated. <gasps> like she said, what? going to leave your good job as an act you know that I know that's not a stigma but that you know she just thought this was great her daughter I was know. an occupational therapist and all my brothers all night much more um you know have got on so well but none of them went down the educational route so she was pride as punch that I was this OT anyway I said oh, mommy you know I just I can do this I know so daddy came home from work and he's like yeah you can do it I'll, you know, so I was only 26. I had no money, Sarah. Um, I had student loans up to here, still have student uh-huh. loans up to there. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I couldn't do it financially. You know, so um, my dad said to me, if you want to do this, I'll help you. And he meant financial wise and obviously, um, you know, supportive as well, emotionally or whatever. And then, of course, mummy was like, well, you know, every mother, if you want to, I'll support you. But I knew she was crumbling inside. Like, But anyway, that was it. I, I, the next week I went in and told my um, boss in Craigavon Hospital, um, Shane Breen, he was, uh, was sat beside, right beside me. I'll never forget him. And I said, um, I'm, I'm leaving and I'm going to start my own business. And he said, is it a bagel bar? And I said, no, no, it's actually not. It's retail. But I guess that need for more was always in me, entrepreneur-wise, you know, like to do my own thing. And even though I loved OT, I was kind of bound by the restrictions of being in a hospital and the creativity that you're not allowed to really have in that way. So, um, yeah, that was, I left. And I'm telling you this now, and I actually can't believe I did that. You know, I, I, I think youth helps you make, 
huge decisions like that mm-hmm. too. I don't know now. You have nothing to lose no. apart from, I suppose, the credibility in your mum's <laughs> eyes. But then when you even think about it, being a woman in that generation, you know, our mothers, our grandmothers, they they didn't have the choice mm-hmm. that we have now. But mm-hmm. it always takes just the backing of someone. Maybe if your dad had come home and said, absolutely not. Oh, I wouldn't have done lady. it. I wouldn't have done it. If I, I needed that. Everyone needs that kind of confidence in them I think sometimes you know and and he definitely gave that to me so and there might be many people listening to this they usually tune in if they have perhaps an idea maybe they're maybe they're working in the system or Mm -hmm. doing brilliant jobs but Mm -hmm. there's always that burning desire there must be a different way to live and it's not easier Mm -hmm. but is it more fulfilling or rewarding and what I guess if you're pursuing your dream you are fulfilled whatever you're regardless of what you know but yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, it's a journey for sure and a challenging one and, and you know, a lonely one sometimes when you're on your own. But um, it's one, you know, I'm glad I took because I wouldn't be sitting talking to you today I if know. I had abstained. We're staying in the past now for a little longer because it started with the shop then. Mm-hmm. So what happened next? OK, so I called it Dig because my daddy drives a digger and he helped me get started financially. So when we were trying to decide what to call the shop, my best friend said to me, just call it something that means something to you. And now when I do all my branding work and marketing and all of that, I realised that I was doing that before I even realised what branding and marketing was. Because, wow. you know, when you strip it back and think mm-hmm. about your true values and your what something means to you, Dig means more than anyone will ever know to me because actually if daddy hadn't given me that confidence in in voice and in the actions that he did financially I would never have been able to start that so I I just called it dig and I remember Jared who was just my boyfriend at the time said you can't call it you can't call it dig and I was like I am calling it dig you just knew I just knew I don't know and it was just two g's d-i-g-g just for a point of difference really than just the d-i-g and God, look at the amount of dig things. I'm Mrs. Dig now, people call me. It's Mrs. Dig. People so think it's your surname. I know. Dig. So yes, I started Dig Children's Wear, and which was Dig Men's Wear at the time and evolved into Kids Wear just with my um, need to kind of get a niche in the market and Kids Wear definitely what it was, was what it turned out to be. Um, now, it was hugely successful. It, okay? was, it was. Hugely successful. And you were always ahead of the curve because... When you look at the challenges that you've overcome, especially going into retail, and we know the pressures on retail way before the pandemic, you felt them firsthand. And given that you'd also built up such a persona on on social media, your followers saw firsthand the pain and the challenges that you went through. I like we're not going to get into every single thing it was challenging throughout the 12 years there was a public round scheme in our town and and you know footfall decreased and I had to think of ways outside the box to try to bring people into my shop which why I kind of niched into kids were and you know it was always evolving always changing I had to think of my fate I don't know how I done it looking back because I really had no knowledge of how to uh, you know to do all this business things but I always say to people that's why I'm a great advocate for, for asking and learning and on you know asking people their advice and also I always was saying I don't know how to do this and how do I do this so that definitely stood by me for being vocal and not standing back and saying oh, I'm just not going to ask but how do you know who to listen to because you could get lots of conflict advice and if you're like me who can't make a decision is that 
Is that you, sometimes a real I problem? I think you always have a gut who's right. the, you know, a gut feeling who's the right salt of the earth here mm-hmm. to have a me. You know, I, I really knew, help me. I knew who that, you know, everyone knows who's got their right interests at heart when you're speaking to someone. You get a feeling, you're like, no, they're a good person giving good, honest, solid advice. So I kind of try to get a group of mentors around me like that, you know, and, and people who didn't even know they were mentors, local business owners in the town that I would have looked up to and stuff. So, you know, I think just being vocal about what you don't know helped me get through those 20 12 years. This podcast is sponsored by Granite Legal Services, a niche business and immigration law practice located in the heart of Newry City. Granite Legal Services provides legal advice to both individuals and companies alike across a wide range of industries, from employment, commercial or corporate law matters to immigration law. Granite Legal Services focuses on providing legally sound, practical advice to its clients. To get in touch, visit www.granitelegalservices.co.uk or contact 028 3026 2200. You knew that online was going to be the future too. Yes, so um, probably 2000, and I always say like 2015, 16, people were starting to talk about Facebook and, you know, social media. And I was thinking, oh, my God, like, I just wanted to sell clothes. and But little did I know, deep down, I am a natural storyteller and, a you know, a, a, an extrovert, as we talked about before we came on. So suited me very well, actually, the social media um, uh, coming to the fore. So... Yeah, so I, was it the website, first of all, or the social media first Well, of this all? is the problem, and oh. this is what faces most business owners. So their website comes first, and then they're like, uh, no sales. And right. that's what happened to me. So right. I thought I needed this shiny big website, which I did. Um, spent a lot of money, invested a lot of money, and no sales, Sarah. And this is what happens, and this is what kind of spurred me on to for Dig for Success and to help other business owners, because I got some kick in the teeth. I had this thousands and thousands of pounds website, and no sales, I just couldn't understand no. it. Where are they? What's what, wrong what, with people? What is wrong? This is fabulous. Like, I have the most fabulous store here online. So I quickly had a learn. I went to training seminars. I started to listen to people. And, and a person that we just talked about before we came on, who's now my um, co-founder of the Social Media Awards and good friend, Neve. And um, I heard her speak at an event about, you know, you can't expect to have this website. How do people know you're there? How, uh-huh. how, how are they going to know? There's millions of websites. You're a drop in the ocean. And and um, so that, that clicked with me very quickly, thank God. And I started to learn and I just taught myself everything I could. I stayed up late at night. I listened to tutorials. I went to every seminar there was going and every council area when I wasn't even part of the council area, I would have snuck in. And I, because they kind of just put them out for the people that are in the council area, but I, I would have got signed up. And yeah, I had to learn quick and... I learned about how to use social media to drive people to your website and oh my goodness. When and that then ha- you became, I mean, I've interviewed you several times and at, at business events, mm-hmm. um, you know, all over Northern Ireland, you became the go-to of mm-hmm. the person that wasn't just telling other businesses how to do it. You were walking the walk and doing it at the same time. Well, that's so important because lots of people can talk the talk but have the walk the walk, you know? <laughs> no. And, you know, so I always said, look, people said... Um, this is what you need to do but in reality that's very hard to do as a business owner who's flat out during the day so here's what you actually do need to do you need to close your door at half five feed whoever you need to feed (laughs) get them to bed and you need to work your butt off 
to 12 o'clock I'm sorry that's are just, you serious so every single night you that's worked just, 12 I, that is just what I had to do and you know people you know shied away from saying that sometimes or perhaps made it look like there was a lot of theory on the table but there was no practicalities about how to roll that out and I was very vocal about it and I think that's kind of what drew like a business community to me then but you couldn't do that unless you loved what you, you were doing you couldn't be sitting there seething with resentment why no. not give up OT <laughs> no Every business owner, I think, has to love what they're doing. Otherwise, it's never going to work because you'll just give up because it's so hard. So, you know, you ha- you need to love what you do or else you find another avenue because otherwise you're going you're going to burn out and you're not going to want to keep it going. Well, what happens, though, if you do get to that point where you feel you've got to you're going to burn out? Um, did you face that? Um, no, I no, I never felt like I was going to burn out. There was t- times that I would have cried but I never had that mental um, feeling that I couldn't cope no Um, and I guess that's just I don't know maybe it's going to come someday hopefully not but I just tried to bat through I was always very vocal and that helps if you hide the challenges it can overcome you where you feel you can't cope but I always the next day if I worked at 12 o'clock and couldn't see a way through that email campaign or that social content I would have left the phone set here to perhaps need or mentors or other people or even my dad here cash flow's bad here in the shop what do I do about that you need to go talk to the bank get them to give you an overdraft you know I just said it and I think that helps Sarah if you keep it all inside oh my goodness I can mount and mount and then you feel like you can't continue That's so. such, a good, such good advice or even write it down and actually mm-hmm. articulate what am I feeling right now why am I stressed what is it name mm-hmm. the problem mm-hmm. um, and Jared, at this stage you've maybe got married mm-hmm. you've talked about having to feed people so maybe there are little people <laughs> yes, already yes you know how, how how does that affect the relationship okay so that part's not easy and I won't I always say that there was a lot of challenges at the start because Jared um was so supportive and all but when you're on your phone which is your it looks yes it's your business um it can create negativity within the home and I talk about this a lot and, and that people need to so I had to have a conversation with Jared to say this is actually my business that is in my hand and he's he's a welder right so I always say to him if you said to me after dinner time I have to go work late tonight and you went and I looked out and you had your welder in your hand would I say ne- negative things to you I'd be thinking go Jared, you're earning a living there for us, you're bringing in more money. But when someone sees you with your phone in your hand, they don't realise, unless you spell it out, which I did, this is my continuation of work here at night. So I had that conversation with him very early. And honestly, Sarah, I know this sounds simple, that changed things for our family so much. Well, it's that open transparency communication. If you don't communicate either mm-hmm. that you've got a problem or mm-hmm. somebody else has got a problem with you, mm-hmm. that's where the that's where the real mm-hmm. So I would say to people to have that, even though they think they might need to have that conversation, that this is actually my customer asking me a question and would you ignore your customer if they came to you no so we're still in the shop we've got the website but now we're doing the social media and we're working till till midnight what did that do for business that helped business greatly so um people started traffic started to come to the website and um, i started to have increased footfall as well as the website because people were traveling from all over the country because of the niche um kind of area that i was covering of occasion were for kids and social media was doing it all for me um and I, I always say to businesses, there's nothing will make you continue your work on social than increased sales. Exactly. So if you do a video 
and you have four people. Like people say to me, oh, it only got 400 views. I'm like, 400, that's like 400 people standing outside your door. Yeah. You can pay for it. So if you do a video and you get so many sales in a night because of that video, you'll pick that phone up tomorrow and do another one. So that's my first encouragement to people. Do it and see the reaction and it will encourage you. So there was a transformation, but then we were hit with the pandemic. And, mm. um, you know, I, along with many of your followers, would have seen the the upsetting video. And it, it, I'm sure even going back and thinking back to that time mm-hmm. isn't easy for you to mm-hmm. articulate the pain and the folks, that's it. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. So I could have kept going. Um... But I had to make a decision. So basically I was in a position where my website was going really well. But the thing that was pulling me back was stock. And I didn't have enough stock on my website for the level of traffic that was coming. So imagine that situation. So I made the decision just in the autumn, winter previous, because you buy seasons ahead, that for the spring, summer coming, which was COVID coming, and I didn't know, I would stock my website to the same level that my store, that my um, bricks and mortar was. So I had double the investment of stock for the first time in 12 years. I'd made that decision. No, if this is going to work, if I'm going to be doing Facebook ads, and all, I need the stock there for the people because they're going to get annoyed. Yeah. So I had double the amount of stock I would ever had when COVID hit, right? So... You, I can't express to you what I felt. I I felt like that time when you said to me, actually, did you ever get that feeling where you could? That was one of the times when my baby was. I just had tests. She was only four, three, four months. Um, I thought everybody was going to die with COVID as well. I was right. dealing with that. You know, when you, that time there was like three, that four fear. weeks when everyone thought, yeah. what, yeah, what is this? And I remember closing my door and I think it was the 15th of March and I went home to Jared and that's when I closed the shop that day because everybody had been advised to and I said I'm never opening those doors again. That's how quickly I made the decision. And I looked around me as I closed the doors on the 15th of March and seen all the stock first of all and I, said, and I knew all occasions were cancelled and with no prospect of that happening. So people used to say the so words... So you would be selling a lot for occasion, occasion wear for kids. 90% occasion right. wear. So, so you can imagine... Mm-hmm. That Weddings, take, communions, yes. bar mitzvahs, anything. everything. Well, yeah. So, so if that's all taken away from me, and people just say to me, "But it'll come back. It'll come back," and I'm like, "What? What? What am I supposed to do until it does?" Like, so it wasn't easy. I'm not saying like I made that decision, but I mean something in my head clicked, and I knew that my family need. I knew what I'd built up was just taken away so quickly, and they needed me more than what the shop was going to require for me to keep it afloat until things returned. And I weighed that all up in my head. And then I spoke to, obviously, um, Jared and my dad and my accountant and my sister and all of that. And had other path to laying out for me with social and the business community there. It wasn't like I just decided to close. I don't want anybody to make it sound like I just decided to close easily. Like, I knew I had another path as well that actually I excelled at and loved. And I just decided that I was never going back there. And yes, that happened in March, but I'm still working through stuff to do with big children's wear that, you know, it just doesn't close after 12 years. But, and I always be open and honest to anyone that comes to me to say that. But yes, I closed on, yeah. And you took that decision, as you said, you just trusted your gut again. Yes. Um, a lots of people during the pandemic, it was probably one of the most challenging times, especially at the start when it was an unknown. Mm. But a, a, one of the words that keeps uh, cropping up again and again in these business podcasts is being agile. We now realise that being able to make decisions under pressure and on, um, when they're thought through um, and acting quickly is the right thing to do. 
that's the only thing that stood by me is I acted quick you know um, sometimes I see other business owners and they're coming to me now and saying I wish I had it done you know because I knew then but I was but look everybody has their journey mm. everybody has their reasons why they stay I had overwhelming reasons to go with my family and, and the way they needed me and other things pulling me so that was my decision but it's not the right path for every everyone will make their own journey but it's, as you say it's about learning from that experience and, and trying to be agile when you do make it but you had this massive social media following and everybody was probably like what's Caroline what's she going to do but actually it was trusting in this new way this new world and even in the last couple of years too I mean we're all seeing influencers I'll say the word now yes, yes. influencers are out there and you are an influencer yes, yes. so where do you obviously you're doing well out of that mm-hmm. but um you know how and you work really really hard at it and your family are very much part of it yes. so it was you're getting to do the family yes. at the same time yes. <laughs> um but is it is it a challenge it looks so wonderful sometimes you do that I've had a tough day today or whatever mm-hmm. but on the whole it does you know you mm-hmm. follow these people and it looks like you're having an amazing life mm-hmm. I am Good. Um, you know, I, I like sometimes people say, oh, you know, they make it look so good. Like, my God, like the house be upside down and, 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 you know, me and Jared fall out and the children be fighting and that's just normal yes. life. Like, and you don't nearly want, really want to put that up. Well, who wants to watch <laughs> me and Jared killing each other or the children racking out? Like, I do show real life where we're just having our normal family days and stuff. But, you know, I use my I use my platforms for a positive space for people to come and a place for people to enjoy watching. And I know what I like to see. So never do I ever portray that it's perfect. But I absolutely wouldn't be using it to shed negativity on anything so no I do I do have a good thank God uh, solid family life at the minute and I hope it always stays that way and I just use my platform to kind of show that and it works people seem to like that so but it's very much involving the family yes. and how you know even your mum and dad feature uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're great <laughs> uh, they become characters in this yes. uh, you know real life it's uh, I suppose it's nearly like a real uh, reality TV show <laughs> sometimes in a, in a different format yeah. how do they feel about their uh, fame now ah, here look it's not fame sure we're all just the same but I just use social and then they're I couldn't use social media without them being part of it and they're all very obviously I get it from them they're social too whether yes. they like to admit it or not like daddy loves the crack and mummy's with me all the time and they're just part of it and look we're a real family just mm. living life you're really close and you I do everything together even watching the football now we have <laughs> to talk about your youngest son Dara who <laughs> became an internet sensation mm-hmm. uh, as Tyrone's busiest man if you don't know about this please go and google this right now Dara and Tyrone's busiest man you'll fall in love with him he's absolutely adorable where did you get them Oh my God, where did he come out? He was only four when he said all that, like four years old and he talks like an old man man. and he still does. But yeah, so that happened. So when Dig Children's were closed, I changed all my handles to Dig Mama on social. And you said to me, like, oh, you had massive social follow. But I had, there was only 10,000 followers when I closed my shop on Ah. Instagram and there was only 15,000 on Facebook. Ah. So, so, which was massive to me in Dig Children's where I needed every single one of Mm -hmm. those people. But when I closed my shop, how ironic is it though that 
when you really need more, you don't really get them to your business closes down. I always find that so ironic. Mm. You know, like I fought really hard to get so many people on my curious. You know, yeah, but 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 at the end of the day, I was sharing more content that was open. Like not everyone wants to be sold kids clothes to. So anyway, I changed them to Dig Mama because I was a mum and I still mm-hmm. wanted to hold on to Dig, and I started to share more family content because I didn't really do that when I was in Dig Children's mm-hmm. Work because it was my business. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I just got caught Dara one day and he was flat out and he was so busy and I was videoing away at him and all and, and he was loving life that I was videoing him. You know, we were, that was part of what we did as well. And he was just telling his daddy what he was going to be doing that day. Anyway, oh, it went viral. I posted it that night. as cute as, I, honestly, they're their cutest kids, the three of them. Honestly, everybody thinks their kids are cute. So everybody thinks their own kids are but, cute. You know, they're such characters. Um, and do they realise that, well, what do they do? You know, do they, they, they see mummy with her phone because yeah. the phone is the job. Really, yes. Oh, it? and What's that's that like? very, very important. Like I had the conversation with Jared, I had it with them too, Sarah, mm-hmm. because, you know, I had to make them understand that this is my work and, you know this is what I do and I tell them you know actually mummy helps businesses to sell things using her phone and this is what and they understand it like they're very you know children now sure seven year olds and six year olds oh they can do everything they they know the crack and you know they understand it all and never like if you look at my life on social it's about cooking and going on activities there's never anything that social media is only as invasive as you allow it to be and I don't, I just show what I love to do and there's nothing invasive to me about mine. I uh, have uh, much older children and yes. I'm thinking, you know, the challenges could lie in the future years when they go, Mom, get that out of my face. Yes, yes, but I think mine have grown up with it so much. It's you so know. normal. And do you get, okay, here speaks the journalist, but, you know, if I was interviewing somebody, I had to have consent so we knew when the filming would start. Is it? Is it do you say, look, Mommy's going to switch this on? Oh, or absolutely. do you capture real... Oh, oh, we capture it, but they all, like we do work with Mullins ice cream, and they uh-huh. know right. We're doing a Mullins thing today. Like they're little love life, of course. Um, <laughs> but no, absolutely. Now they're getting older, and I like the um. You'll you haven't heard Dara coming out with any of that recently, any of that talk because he's getting older, and he wouldn't want me to be, and I would never film him. Film him now, oh. you know. So now we do very much, you know, the fun stuff, and you know, my wee girl Tess is starting to be like a character too now. So no, there's always that element of I would never want them to feel like I was feeling uncomfortable no. no so no we're always just having fun loving life and they know that it's mummy's work and they get involved when they want to so how does it work now um, it, you, you seem to be doing so much there's so much uh, good work that you're doing as well um, in terms of clients would they book you then and you help them with uh, raising their you know do you do all of their social media for them or do they buy something from you could you publicize this or what way does it right work? so when people uh, so like influencer marketing is huge and i am definitely part of that circle now as well as the consultancy thing that i do with social yes, but consultancy that was the word i was right. looking for. <laughs> whenever brands and businesses reach out to me and if someone says to me would you promote this for me i, I that doesn't sit with me because i'm from the business background so i'm like right let's talk about what actually are you trying to achieve here uh-huh. and we do the the consultancy comes with my advertisement as well and that's what makes it magic yes. as well and unique yes yeah. and I said to them now if I'm doing this you need to be doing this and they're like oh I never I never thought of that so actually there's a great package there and I can't be all things to everyone so I try to work with businesses that I know I can make a difference with in that respect mm-hmm. so so because someone, you would be inundated I'm oh, sure inundated and that's fair enough they're they're seeing the eyeballs but like if someone said to me oh you can have an affiliate link for 
a brand or whatever I'm like oh, I don't do stuff like that there some people do but I do more of the brand journey and the business journey and that's what I love Sarah I could never just be an advertising tool for someone I and sharing to be more. the values with the clients yes. as well some, yes. somebody that's on the, the, the same wavelength as you with the same values exactly that's what comes across um you also recently became the co-founder with, as you've mentioned, Neve Taylor of the Northern Ireland Social Media Awards. Uh, obviously, uh, things slightly different uh, lately, but how's that been going? Um, well, we had our, our first um, year in business with the Social Media Awards and it was amazing and it was celebrating social media. Like, th- there is negativity around everything in life. I know that. But sometimes people look on social as a negative thing. Never, ever have I done that. I love it. I love what it can do for business and for life. And that's what where kind of that passion came for the awards. And then um, I spoke to Neve, who was a mentor of mine. For, you know, she mentored me for years and, and a good friend. And, I, I, and she was with me because she supports a lot of businesses and sees the struggles, but also the gains. So we just came together and it was absolutely unbelievable. But flipping COVID hit. Uh-huh. And then we had a halt. And that's okay but still in COVID how much are we going to be able to celebrate now in the social media awards people have excelled like beyond Mm -hmm. excelling on social so this year it's going to be an even bigger celebration events are back my diary is full I'm having to try and squeeze into all of the dresses again (laughs) get out of the joggers (laughs) can you wear joggers and maybe slippers on the stage I don't know but very very exciting um I, I, I think back to a previous time again before COVID when I said to you at an event, how do you use this Instagram thing anyway? Oh, I'll never forget I it. I haven't really... Um, no, you haven't I've got any better, have you? Oh, well, 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 you showed me how to share a story. I I'm did. good at sharing stories now. But so I, I remember seeing Sarah and I was thinking, oh, this is Sarah Travers here, you know. She's she'll be very capable. And all, and she's, you know, she's on the TV and all, she knows the crack. And she was like, what's that there you're doing there? You like, I was like, oh, I'm sharing what people are tagging me in. And you, God love no, you, we I'd been on Twitter. <laughs> I'd been on Twitter, you see, as a journalist. That was where journalists lived. But then I suppose... I have my own business now and I thought I don't understand all of this and you know if other people like me are listening right now what advice would you give to businesses I think they realize now that if they're not on social media they absolutely should be but you know how do you start you have to start Okay. <laughs> right. So I speak to so many people and they are procrastinating beyond like. But I don't like this. I don't want to speak on camera. Oh. I don't want to have a. So I do a, I, I do an online course, right, where I actually Zoom with Zoom at the minute, where I take groups of business owners because I actually don't have the time to do it individually anymore. So I take groups of people together. They're all saying the same thing. First of all, they have no confidence. I get that. Not everybody can do what perhaps you do or I do. I get that. But there are other ways to explore this, like influencer marketing or, you know, videos without your face and just your voice. So I, I first of all, you have to start. And you have to, the key thing is consistency. So uh, people say to me, oh, I did that and it didn't work. Yeah, you did it once. again. And you didn't post on anything else on social for two weeks. Absolutely not. You wouldn't consider not opening your shop door every day. So why would you ever consider not opening your social platforms? And that's what I always say to people. Consistency will breed success so you need to have a strategy you need to you can't with me now it would be a bit scattergun all over the place just um you know knee-jerk reaction reshare somebody else's something at least you're showing up though i I would don't be scared by the word strategy some people don't even know what strategy means but building it into your day it doesn't it can't be done in a second no but it needs to be consistent so how do you know where do you do that? Do you build that into the diary? I'm going to do one post a week. I'm going to do one a day. What do you need to do? Well, what would you do in your business? 
every day. You show up every day, so you need to show up every day in some respect, whether that be a story, um, a, a post on Facebook, a post on Instagram. Like, it, do not consider not showing up for you. If you have 400 people following you, mm-hmm. would you, if you had 400 people sign you an email, you wouldn't ignore them. So, so people say they're busy, they procrastinate or whatever, yes. but do you actually say, right, for an hour a day, this is social yes. media time, I'm going to... Yes, and if you don't have it in that hour, you feed who you need to feed. <laughs> And you do it before you go to bed. And that's just it. And that's what it, it's another part of your business. Yeah. And you need to treat it like that. Mm-hmm. Same as your website. People start a website and they think it's just going to, no, you need to attend to your website the same way. It's another business. You've mm-hmm. opened business number two. Do you get somebody else to do it for you or do you do it yourself? Do you need to be present? There's there's different rules, not different rules, but there's a different path for each business and everybody's situation is different. Some people don't want that personal voice on their, there may be a more bigger brand mm-hmm. or, you know, and there's other ways to do it. Some people pay people to manage their social media for them. Like I speak to business owners all the time. They're like, do you know what? Just tell me who I can pay to do this because I don't have time and that's okay too but as long as it is that that system is in place and that person is doing that for you consistently then you can still reap the rewards regardless of your path on how you do it you need to do it absolutely does anybody help behind the machine that is Caroline O'Neill oh my god yes my mummy my mother-in-law my babysitter my childminder Jared I I just like every like people say to me Sarah all the time god you're so busy you're flat out but I show it if I followed you from the morning and you showed me I'd be like oh my god she's flat to the mat so so it's only because I, I am no different than any other working mummy out there except I use my my platform to show my because that's my job but I do not be under any illusion that I have my together because I need everybody to help me just like everybody else and thank god I do have good support what's next do you think for you where where will you go no now? more because there's only you. Jerry's <laughs> no. like please don't tell me there's one more dig thing gonna come up in this house well listen let's just talk about the fantastic work you did with dig for deep uh, dig deep for kids campaign there at Christmas I mean 300,000 pounds you raised mm. and I was watching from home. Um, I know you were. As I was getting actually your feeling really overwhelmed because I, I wasn't close up from the north coast. I'm sure others travelled to, to help you. No, but you were there spurring me on, buying my cookbook and all, and telling yeah, me when it arrived. I, I was know. like, thank God it arrived. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that was incredible. And I know at the time then, you know, you all got COVID as mm. well in the family. But... And it was Christmas and there was just this goal. But it was people. It's, it's Caroline. People turn up for you. Oh, my God. But I know... I know, but it is the people. I know I started, I seem to be a good person to get everyone rallied around, but... But they do it because they love you. But they do it because they actually do want to make a difference too, but sometimes people need that vehicle. And, and I need to be that leader. And I, I, I take that on and I can do that. Like, sometimes um, at every Christmas, my dad, I'd say to me, even though he is my biggest cheerleader, he'd say, like you're getting yourself in some handling here. Like, you know, like, Caroline, this is, I'm not going to have a warehouse big enough to give you next year. Like, because he always gives me the warehouse to put it in. And I was like, look, we'll figure it. And he, I know he's proud. And he, I got that from him too. He was always making a difference in ways like that, you know, and never was vocal about it. But um, yeah, no, Dig Deep for Kids is not just me, Sarah. I am the vehicle, but it is the whole, it feels like the whole country. I don't know, it really does. But um, it actually, three hundred over 300,000 raised, but we've actually been able to buy over half a million pounds worth of stuff for the charities because of influencers uh, spending it so and then do you hear back what those what all of those donations meant um uh, you know yes i would say like we're working closely with the simon community at the minute but you know we know 
the impact that it makes and these people are going through such, you know the, the leaders of the charities would tell us the stories but we don't actually hear from the people because we don't need to we know the difference that it makes and you know we'll never forget that and I always try to tell the people that supported me this is what we've done we've just actually bought a part of a house with the money from Dig Deep for Kids for the Gosh. Simon community so there's going to be families living in a home because of what we all did that do we really need to know anymore that's amazing would you say that's your biggest achievement to date um yeah yes it and being able to do it all with a healthy happy family is probably a a big achievement to me but yes to be able to do stuff like what would like we're all here living life but what does it mean really if we can't do stuff like that and the fact i can i don't think i'll ever be able to stop that to be honest um that's your biggest achievement but i'm wondering has there been a standout moment where you actually pinch yourself and you go i love my life (laughs) no no oh everybody you know if you're a mummy i suppose you always say this whenever i said i told my wee boy yesterday on the way to school do you know when you were born and everybody left and i looked into the wee incubator and you were looking out at me and i said to you i can't believe you're mine and you know what he said to me this is so random you're telling me this you know he's only seven and i said i I don't know what but moments like that i'm like i can't believe i became a mummy you know things like that stand out but i never i never i'm just trying to get on with my life i never stand and go because look we all have cha- i still go through things as well sarah but we all have challenges but no just i suppose being still here surviving with a happy family is my biggest achievement really and thank you so much for, for coming to talk to me today on the public eye podcast i'm sure you've inspired so many but We always ask all of our guests the same question at the end. And the purpose, really, of this podcast is to inspire existing business owners and those ambitious entrepreneurs out there um, to grow their business by offering insight into the success of businesses such as yours. So we always ask, you know, what advice would you give to people, maybe, who are sitting there with a business idea but have no idea where to begin or they're unsure as to whether the risk is worth taking, just like your story? So I, I touched on it in our conversation, but that person that doesn't know where to begin and afraid of the challenges, if they say that out loud, the people will flock to tell them the path forward. And if you are always afraid of sounding stupid, like I I just spoke to an accountant actually on my podcast. I still don't know the difference between gross and net and profit margin. I don't know, Sarah, but I don't care that I say I don't know. And there might be people listening going, she's not that smart because she doesn't know I don't I don't know how to do figures and that's just it so I think if there's business owners listening and they don't know how to create the business plan or they don't know how to set up the social platforms hold your hand up in whatever room you're in or whatever forum you're on online go say could somebody show me how to do this please and I guarantee you the wheels will start turning I think that's incredible advice and actually you're not alone. Many, many people have sat right where you are now and they've said that they didn't understand the business world but they had imagination, they had creativity, they had drive and they had passion and that's something that I can definitely say about you, Caroline O'Neill. It's been an absolute pleasure, great to see you again and I can't wait to see what's next for DIG. Thank you, Sarah, thank you, it's great to be here. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service 
for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.